From COK Studios in Audie Cornish's camper, this is Consider Our Knowledge. I'm Connor Bentley. And I'm Dinah Jones-Mallow. On today's show, we'll consider the latest on the massive container ship blocking the Suez Canal. We'll also consider how cancel culture could affect one of the world's most iconic brands. And we'll consider how to low-key brag about getting vaccinated on social media. Stay with us. Support for Consider Our Knowledge comes from Rusty's Kids, an indoor summer camp for pale children with weak ankles. To register for our special low-impact virtual activities, visit myanklehurts.com. And Trojan and Magnum, a full-service law firm specializing in paternity cases. Trojan and Magnum, if it broke, we can fix it. This is Consider Our Knowledge. I'm Connor Bentley. And I'm Dinah Jones-Mallow. A 1,300-foot, 220,000-ton container ship that has been blocking traffic in the Suez Canal for nearly a week is finally free and once again underway. Onboard tracking sites and live stream video from the scene indicate. While efforts to free the Ever Given made incremental progress since Friday evening, it was the rising of the tide that ultimately helped get the ship afloat and moving again. Monday afternoon local time, as horns blared in apparent celebration for having freed the grounded ship, the Ever Given was seen slowly making its way in the canal. The number of ships waiting to pass through the blockage grew at one point to 369, which led some experts to estimate that the traffic jam, which held up cargo like food, oil, and consumer goods, was costing close to $10 billion per day. Thankfully, that is no longer the case. For a live update on the situation, as well as an explanation on how the ship became lodged in the canal in the first place, we welcome the Ever Given's technical engineer, Bernhard Sandro, via Zoom. Hello. Mr. Sandro, what is the current status of the ship? We are happy to report that it is no longer stuck. It was extremely stuck, but over the weekend, we were able to upgrade it to very stuck after we removed the ship's stern from the sediment, freeing its rudder. It was only slightly stuck on Sunday, and now, thanks to the tugboats and the rising of the tide, it is now unstuck and swimming free like a duck. So what is happening now that the ship isn't blocking the canal anymore? They are trying to get all the ships that have been waiting since last week moving again. I'm told it will take up to three days to clear the backlog of ships. Well, hopefully none of them will get stuck. Exactly. With all the ships that will be passing through, it could be bad luck if one of them also gets stuck. Unfortunately, the canal has a great deal of muck. That was one of the reasons the Ever Given got so stuck. I would not want to be a sitting duck in that muck. Yuck. So what was your reaction when you saw the ship moving freely again? Thank Now we turn to the canal pilot who was driving the ship when it became stuck. COK News will not share his name to protect his anonymity. Mr. Pilot, how did you get the ship stuck? First of all, I just want to say that it was like my second day, okay? I literally just started last week, fresh out of canal pilot school, all right? Uh, so I'm not sure why they gave me such a big ship on my second day. It was stupid. You know, you should be talking to my boss about that one. Okay, so you're blaming this on inexperience. Look, 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 look. All, all I'm saying is why make the new guy do it? You know, well, let, let me take a smaller cargo ship just to get my feet wet. You know, like a, like a duck. Yes, there were high winds and stuff, but I was, I was not ready at all. 
I cannot stress enough how completely unprepared I was to pilot that beast. The first time I saw it, I was awestruck. Well, what about the captain of the ship? Was he not helpful? Um, no, that, that guy sucked. He's a total schmuck. He's the one who made me turn into that muck. Don't get me started on the muck. There's so much muck, it's no wonder we got stuck. If you start working on the Suez Canal, you should definitely get some easy boats for a few weeks and then get a warning about the muck. Makes me want to upchuck. I see. Do you still have your job? Yeah, but I'm probably going to quit. I only did it to make a fast buck. Maybe I'll go work for my brother Buck. He owns a food truck. Thank you for that information. For more updates on the Suez Canal's log jams effect on global markets, visit considerourknowledge.com. You're listening to Consider Our Knowledge. Now we turn to cancel culture. The cancellation debate heated up last summer after Twitter users took to the digital platform to condemn Harry Potter author J.K. Rowling for making anti-trans comments, along with denouncing singer-rapper Doja Cat's racist chatroom past and former Glee star Leah Michelle's alleged mistreatment of her co-stars. In many ways, cancel culture is simply the court of public opinion, which is nothing new. But thanks to social media, judgments of celebrities and businesses are now harsher and swifter than ever. In order to avoid controversy and cancellation, Disney Plus announced that they would be putting a filter on old classics, such as Dumbo and the Aristocats, over racist imagery. These are not the only instances of cancel culture to affect Disney. Another, more serious problem is lurking, and it could mean the cancellation of the entire brand. Polly Bridges worked for Disney for 13 years and is now speaking out publicly about her time there in a way that her former employer might not like. It was a nightmare. People don't know how bad it is at Disney. They would, but everyone who works there is scared to speak up. If you're not bullied into staying quiet, they make you sign a non-disclosure agreement. I refuse to sign mine so I can say whatever I want. It's the worst. What makes it so bad? It's a toxic environment. Everybody goes to work thinking it'll be the happiest place on earth, but if you don't like it, they'll just replace you with some other dumb sap who doesn't know any better. And what makes it so toxic? See, that's the part they really don't want people to know. It's Mickey. He is a tyrant. According to Polly, Mickey Mouse is the culprit behind the horrific working conditions inside Disney. He's volatile, unpredictable, and just mean. He will just scream at people for no reason. That's why Michael Eisner left. Mickey reduced him to tears almost every day. Goofy and Donald only stick by him because they're scared of him. Apparently, Minnie and Mickey haven't lived in the same house for decades. Unnamed insiders, who Polly still communicates with, say that after the death of Walt Disney in 1966, Mickey started ruling the Disney empire with an iron-gloved hand. And that it was Mickey, not Walt, who had a soft spot for Hitler and the Nazis. I'm not the first one to say this stuff, but those people were either discredited, bought off, or killed. Killed? Oh yeah. I'm told there's more bodies in the rivers of America at Disneyland than there are in the East River in New York. Mickey uses Tweedledee and Tweedledum for most of his hits. Baloo has mauled a ton of people too, evidently. 
Polly has a recording that she took on her phone six years ago during one contentious meeting with Mickey and some shareholders. We at COK cannot completely verify its authenticity, but it is compelling evidence. Oh, boy. So when is Galaxy's Edge opening? Uh, we estimate 2020 or so. <laughs> 2020? Really? Really? <laughs> Did I hear you right? That's Do you really think that's reasonable? Because I don't. If you think that's a good timeline, why don't you go work for those brain-dead rejects over at Knott's Berry Farm? <laughs> this is Disney, goddammit! We make dreams happen! Do you know what my dream is? <laughs> Do you? A massive Star Wars land that has lightsabers and bull milk and the Millennium f***ing Falcon! It looks and feels like being in the f***ing movie! And we'll charge 120 bucks to build a droid and those slack-jawed tubs of lard will pay for it! <laughs> You know why? Because we're Disney, bitch! So why don't you pull your head out of idiot land and tell me when we can have Galaxy's Edge open, okay? <laughs> I had to shut it off at that point, but then he threw his yellow clogs at my colleague Mitch and cut him up pretty bad. Gave him a concussion. He still works there. That's really sad. We reached out to Mr. Mouse's representation and got this response. Gorsh! I don't know anything about Mickey being mean. He's my bestest friend in the whole wide world. Help me, please. Polly says that as soon as she's taken seriously, the move to cancel Disney will be swift, but that is proving to be difficult. Nobody believes me, or they just don't want to. They'll protect the mouse to protect the lie that Disney is magical and not a cruel, toxic, horrible business. They're trying to intimidate me into staying quiet, but no matter how many bloody mouse ears they put in my bed, I won't give up the fight. For COK News, I'm Dinah Jones Mallow. Now it's time for this week's Big Little Wins with our intern, Ryan. Thanks, Mr. Bentley. Our first win comes from Doris Frankel in Seattle who won a free five-night stay at a five-star hotel in Rome. Too bad you can't travel there right now, and the offer will expire before you can get there. Just because you won't be able to take advantage of such a great opportunity doesn't make this any less of a big little win. Mm, it kind of feels like it does. It was a really bad week for wins. This was one of the best ones. Sorry. Ooh, sounds like it. Congrats to Terry White in San Antonio, who found a sock he was missing. Sure, it had a hole in it, and you threw it away, along with its mate immediately after you found it on account of the hole. That's still a nice little win! These are terrible. They're basically non-wins. Sorry! To share actual little wins with us, go post on our Facebook page, Instagram, or send us a tweet. That's all for this week's episode of Consider Our Knowledge. If you want more from the best-looking news team in public radio, visit considerourknowledge.com. You can also like us on Facebook and Instagram, and follow us for breaking news on Twitter, at ConsiderOurKnow. You can subscribe to the podcast at Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. 
The COK team includes Emily Clausen, Natalie Thorpe, Marianne Wetzel, Jeremiah Knight, Hobart Willis, and Spencer Cannon. Our intern is Ryan Shattuck. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Connor Bentley. I had to shut it off at that point, but then he threw his yellow clogs at my colleague, Mitch. I almost said Mitch. He, he, he renamed himself. It, so he really kind of was asking for it. <laughs> Mickey forced him to change his name to <laughs> bitch. <laughs> You're not Mitch anymore. You're a bitch. You're my bitch. <laughs> <laughs>